welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Henneken and Mike the Grizz. Grizz, great, great stuff. And we Mike, have a very special guest. So, uh, Grizz, why don't you go ahead and introduce, if you would, Wayne? Uh, yeah, Wayne, how you doing, buddy? We got a special show here with you. I want everybody to know just exactly what you do. All right, well, I'm Wayne McGregor with Target Tracker Business Development Group and Moving Target Systems. Um, we've uh, basically uh, designed a moving target system that's phenomenal for any type of firearms training, hunting, um, whether it's deer, birds, you can basically put any type of target on our moving target system and shoot away. Um, you can also well, use it for exactly, uh, very close-up hunting. How does it exactly work? Well, it's a it's a electric. It's basically a remote control electric vehicle. So you have a remote control that you can drive it with, and all the controls are electric, and they're set up like a like a electric car with a regeneration process to get longer run times. So, in other words, you're teaching people to hunt, and also when we were talking here some time ago. You said something about self-defense with police and stuff. Why don't you tell us the difference between the two? Well, the difference between how we train and, and your conventional firearms training is, um, you know, your conventional firearms training is, is basically the same training they were doing back in the Revolutionary War with everybody staying in a line and shooting. Um, the training that we provide is up-close, personal. It's really going to attack you. It's going to show you a threat. It's going to get your heart rate up. So if you actually train and practice under stress, you're more likely to be able to defend yourself when that um, event ever should take place. So actually you're stressing these people out to be able to perform under stress. Do you smack them in the face or anything? or <laughs> just, Well, uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes every once in a while, right, <clears throat> when they don't use the proper gun control. But we do it in a slow, medium, and then fast fashion, and what it does is it builds that subconscious mind to start to do all your repetition activities automatically without thinking about it. Because they say if you have to, you know, if you're under a threat and you have to think about it, you're probably already dead. <laughs> well, yeah, because you would hesitate, I would imagine. Absolutely. That's like shooting a duck, isn't it? You have to stop and think about where you're going to shoot it. He's going to fly away before you ever pull the shot off, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And if you don't uh, pull the trigger when you're still moving the, the muzzle of the shotgun in the bird's direction to slightly lead it, uh, you're going to miss too. So if you pause to pull the trigger, you're in trouble. Well, you know, I think, Wayne, speaking of that, I think that's one of the number one errors in any type of hunting, whether it be a rifle, whether it be a shotgun. You've got to swing through if you've got a moving target. Am I not right? Absolutely. And, and when you practice a lot with our systems, um, you know, it really makes things, uh, you know, more automatic. You don't, you know, like people always ask me, you know, how do you lead a target? And I'm like, I never lead a target because I've done enough practice where I shoot instinctively. I don't have to think about it. It's already into my muscle memory. It's already into, you know, my subconscious mind to do these things automatically. Well, then how do you teach somebody to do that? Well, uh, with our training process, 
It's, it's actually very simple. We run them through simulations in a slow fashion, in a medium fashion, and then we run them fast. So by the time you go through your repetitions doing it slowly and then a medium speed, then a fast speed, you've kind of got the repetition part down pat already. Ah, uh, so it's like, you know, sometimes when I go dove hunting or something, not so much on duck, but on dove hunting, I'll pick up a new shotgun and it'll take me three or four shots to knock a bird down. But then once it's like clicks in your mind, that lead process and that squeeze process. So you're saying to repeat and repeat until you get it, and then it'll just come natural. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, and then we yeah. do this, you know, and, and it's really threat-based training. And and uh, we work a lot of what we call layers into it. So for women, we have, uh, and men also, we do tactical pin. So you learn how to use a tactical pin to fight somebody off if you don't have a firearm. There's some places huh. that don't allow to, to, to carry. Hmm. And then we have actually classes for concealed carry purses uh, for ladies to carry. So we teach them how to use their purse to, you know, ward off a, a knife attacker while drawing their gun and, and taking care of the threat. Okay. Hey, wait Oh, really? So... Go ahead, John. Well, I don't want to jump in, but uh, Wayne, uh, before we get too far along, because we got less than four minutes, uh, g- give us a little bit of an idea of where you're located, how to get in touch with you, that kind of stuff. All right. Well, it's easy to get a hold of us. Our website is www.targettracker.net. Uh, my phone number is 248-770-9678. Um, and we schedule a lot of classes. Um, all year, every year, and we haven't advertised for training in probably four years. But the website, uh, my email address is support at targettracker.net. Um, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. You can always look me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we have a channel there as well. It's got over 248 training videos. Wow. So you're just about everywhere. Well, I'm everywhere, but uh, I'm trying to get a hold of a real good buddy of mine down in Mexico and get down there and enjoy some dove hunting. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that we invite people to come hunt with us. We'll be there. I can bring the tactical pins and stuff like that, and we can do some makeshift training uh, you know, before we sit down for the campfire each night. Oh, there you go. Uh, no, well, we don't, we, don't, we, we we go to the restaurant and get served. We don't sit by the yeah. campfire. <laughs> campfire, shall the marshmallows and the s'mores uh, lost that years ago. Yeah. Now I go out. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Wayne, but you mentioned tactical pen. Can you tell me what you're talking about? Uh, yes. Uh, basically, if you go to our website, targettracker.net, uh, we have uh, one of the, if you go under order products, there's tactical pen. And what it is, is it's a, a multifaceted tool. It has an LED light on it, so it's great for ladies if they've got to walk out to their car in the dark or anything like that. It's got a glass breaker on it. So say you accidentally lock your child in the car or somebody else locks a child in the car, they can't get in the car, lock their keys in there or something, you can break the glass out. If somebody's trying to grab you or you need to get away from a car, you can break the glass out. And that glass breaker also works great as a puncturing device. It's like punching somebody with a 30 cal bullet. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So, you know, through our training, you know, we teach people self-defense first, 
usually the tactical pen, and then we go into the firearms training. Hmm. Very interesting. So our classes are, are unique. So people come to you for the classes, or, or is it done That's on correct. film or something? But the best way to do it is sign up for your class and go see you, which is, and where are you located? In Michigan. Okay. But we travel all over the United States, police departments, military bases. I have three other trainers that work with me as well, so we stay pretty busy about six days a week doing training. I want one of those pins. Well, I'm going to have to bring you one. <laughs> yeah, I can hit somebody with it. That's how I like fun. Maybe I can kill a wild boar with it. <laughs> you could probably do that, but I, I would I would hope not. I think there's a lot more efficient ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless the boar is attacking you and you're on your back and the only thing you do is grab your pen to stab it, you should be good. Yeah, no, I think I'd rather, I think if I'm, if I'm hunting boar, I'd rather be a few feet away from him. Yeah, it's always recommended. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we've only, we only got about 30 seconds. I just seconds. got one Go question ahead. real fast. Does the pen write? <laughs> yes, it does. It's actually phenomenal. Um, we sell a lot to the police departments because it'll actually write in the rain so they can write a ticket in the rain. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been great out here, man. I, Wayne, I can't wait to have you down here in Mexico hunting with me. We will be doing that soon. Uh, John's already been down there. He killed a bunch of ducks and ducks. And it was really great having you on the show. Well, I appreciate it. And we, we, we've definitely got to get the people to come out for our hunt so they can come out and hunt with me and get a couple free go. lessons at the ranch. There you go. Okay, we appreciate that. Yeah. We're going to have to get out of here. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard-shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. Lake Cabot won 7th place in America's top 100 family-friendly places to boat and fish. The lake is in the Bay Area, only 45 minutes away from San Francisco. This scenic destination boasts over a dozen hiking and biking trails, trophy-sized fish, boat rentals, Bay Area kayak tours, and a picturesque eating area at the Surprisingly Delicious Cafe. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll even give you a special gift on California parks. Visit LakeCabotRecreation.com for information. That's LakeCabotRecreation.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan and Mike the Grizz. Hey, Grizz, are we having fun or what? I'm always having fun, John. If I didn't have fun, I wouldn't do radio. Well, that's that's the whole point of it. And we've got some exciting stuff, so I'll let you go ahead and introduce Jim. Well, we got a great guy here that I've known for a long time. He's... Uh, a booking agent, he's a guide, he's an outfitter, and he's just an all-around guy when it comes to hunting. Jim? I'm calling Jim back. Stand by. How you doing, buddy? Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we, we, we're getting it back on the line. But uh, give us a quick idea about what Jim does. Well, Jim is uh, an outfitter and a booker that travels all over the world. Uh, setting up great okay, hunts yeah, and fishing. No problem. Okay. Now, oh, yeah, we got Jim there. Jim, are you on there, buddy? Absolutely, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing absolutely great, like always, down here. But it's getting a little hot down here in Mexico now, and I don't like that very much. How hot is uh, hot, Chris? Right now, it's 101. No, nah, that's too hot. Yeah, it's too hot for me. But anyway, that's what happens this time of year. Jim, you're a very, very interesting and famous man as far as outfitting uh, guides and uh, also booking agent. Now, what I wanted to hear from you is so many people out there really don't know what an outfitter is and what is the difference between an outfitter and a guide and what's the responsibilities of an outfitter. So, Jim, you have so much experience in Africa and everywhere. Can you please tell us what an outfitter is? Uh, I don't know. We're going we're, we're gonna to call him back, Chris. I don't know if we lost him or not. But, uh, no, I think that's a good point. There is a difference between a guy that will take you out, but an outfitter, man, they're responsible for everything, what you eat, where you sleep, and, uh, you know, and make sure that everything's taken care of. And a lot of work goes into that. And, you know, they're normally not cheap, but they're worth every penny. Yeah, well... I am an outfitter, so, yeah, I know. I just, you know, Jim deals with outfitters all over the world. Okay, well, we got Jim back on again. Let's keep going. Okay, yeah. Jim, I'm glad we lost you. I don't know what happened. 
Yeah, anyway, Chris, I, I, heard, I heard your question. I heard your question. You know, a lot of people have confusion when it comes to what's an outfitter and what's a guide. And, and that's a great question, and I'll do my best to clarify it. So, you know, as I was as you were asking the question, I was thinking of a, you know, a good way to put the answer. Well, if you follow sports, you've got a coach and then you've got the players. And to me, the outfitter's the coach. He's the guy or gal that that has the, the ranch or the leases, the gear, the, you know, the trucks, the boats, the rods, the reels, the, well, all the equipment. Let's, let's not forget about the cheerleaders. And a cheerleader. <laughs> Got to have those. And then, of course, you know, your guide would be considered the player. He's the guy that comes in, and some of them are. They're hired guns. They come in for a season. They might work in Alaska for a month, then move on down to Colorado and end up down in your neck of the woods in Mexico or even further south in, in uh, Argentina or Chile. So there's a whole group of guys that are, are hired guns or guides, we call them, and, and they go where – the outfitter asks them to go and where they're needed. So, like I said, the outfitters, the, the business owner or the coach, and these, these guides are the guys that are out in the field with the individual clients get, getting it done. Well, then, so we have actually three types of people that are involved in hunting. We have number one, which would be a booking agent. Why is a booking agent necessary? Well, a booking agent does a lot of things, and, and we could talk – quite a while on that but one of the most important is they go out and vet these outfitters before they represent them typically so they've gone out they've done the due diligence they put in the research because they you know it's their specialty they're able to find things that a normal client can't you know they can go through outfitter associations guide associations uh other outfitters in the the area you know they dig pretty deep i know that's what i've done for the last you know, 20-some years of my life, starting with uh, Cabela's Outdoor Adventures, is really travel the world vetting these outfitters and then trying to get them to adhere to uh, a standard that we know works and we know will make our clients happy and, and bring them back time and time again. So an agent is really a cost-free. There's no cost to use an agent in the United States. In Europe, they add on or charge, but in the United States, that cost is absorbed by the outfitter as a marketing cost. So when you use an agent, you're getting that buffer zone in between your outfitter and and yourself. And that's really important because I've never known one outfitter, when you call them guys, that says, yeah, I don't have what you're looking for. Yeah. They all have an answer to your your trip idea or, or bucket list adventure, but the truth of the matter is, they don't know their shortcomings sometimes, and they they don't they've never traveled to their competition. They don't know what else someone offers. You know, a good example, guys, is I just been reading over your website, and in Alaska, John, I think you know this. There's places that are great for salmon, but there's no halibut, and there's places that are great for halibut. With no salmon. That's right. And and some of these outfitters will tell you, oh, we got five species of Pacific salmon. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, every three years or two years, <laughs> yeah. you, get, you, you get all five. But uh, it, to me, an agent is, is someone that he's like a really good stockbroker. He's out there looking at these destinations. He's got a pulse on the industry year-round. He's looking out for your best interest because he wants you to come back and finish your bucket list with him or her. 
And you know, I just think it's the way to go. We we help with travel. We help with permits. We stay on top of these guys get in trouble with the law. You know, we're we're on top of everything. So really, you can just enjoy your family, enjoy your vacation, do what you do best, and make money however you do that, and let us, you know, fill that bucket list up or find that dream trip for you. So not your base is what the agent does. What you're basically is is an investigator. If I say I want we, to call Steve, you're going to check out who's the best outfitter and who has the best outfitter, who has the best guide. So it's a three-step process to have the best time. Yeah, right? exactly. We're yeah we're in, we're the investigator, and we're also the arbitrator in certain situations, and we're the follow-up guys. There's a lot of hunts that take place today, and they're not completed for two or three years due to, you know, getting actually taking the trip, which might take a year or two, and then getting your trophies back into the United States. Mm. And that whole time, we're we're your right-hand man that's helping you put all those things together. So, yeah, I like I like that, Gribbs. I've never used that, but an investigator is definitely the first thing we do before we offer a trip. So, I mean, if somebody's going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, because that's what a trip costs nowadays, you should have an investigator check it out. You know? Absolutely. It would be Absolutely. Just to spend $20,000 on an African hunt, you've never been there. You don't know anything about it. So you're really putting $20,000 just in the wind, hoping for a good thing. Or you got an outfitter, he knows what's going on. Yeah, the, so, book, the booking I, agent ab- absolutely knows what's going on. Yep, I, I agree. So... Anybody that wants to do something, instead of, oh, shooting rabbits, you don't eat one. Or shooting, well, even shooting quail. Because a lot of people say, I got tons of quail, and you kill six. And they say they got it. But an outfitter, I'm sorry, uh, a booking agent is somebody everybody should have in his back pocket or the address in his computer. No? Yeah, I would have to agree with that. You know, it's. I think it's important. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people start off wanting, and you'll find this interesting, they start off calling us about African safari. By the time we're done talking, because we like to do a little get-to-know-you session with them and ask them where they've been, what they've done, what they've liked, what they've been disappointed with, and inevitably you learn a lot about that person. That whole time I'm taking notes and often. I'll say to that person, say they had a bad elk cut, and I'll say, well, you know, I know you want to go to Africa, or you're talking about Africa, but if you could get that big elk, would you go do that? And then we can do Africa next year. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, guys, they say that. And, you know, with you guys doing a lot of fishing like you do, uh, the same thing happens with fishing. You'll get someone on the line, and they'll say, we did an Alaska trip, and there was no salmon in the river. Yeah. But now, but now we want to go to Costa Rica. Well, wait, let's back up. Should we should we fix this Alaska thing for you, or or, or should we just move on to Costa Rica and come yeah. back? So yeah, it's really a consulting. We really booking agents kind of 
you know, like calling the, the garbage man the garbage man, and then the euphemism is the, the sanitary engineer. So yeah. <laughs> our euphemism is, uh, you know, we're hunting and, professional hunting and fishing consultants. Hey, hey, hey Jim. People- I'm sorry to interrupt, but we got uh, just just about a minute left in this segment. So why don't okay. we go ahead and get some information from you? We're going to bring you back in the next segment, and we'll talk about it again. But just in, in just a couple of seconds, give us an idea how to get in touch with you and where to find you. Really easy. Links, L-I-N-K-S, wildsafaris.com. That's the best way, and all our phone number, email, everything is on there. Links, wildsafaris.com. Safaris, plural. Safaris, yeah. Link okay. Links like the uh, beef jerky snack. My business partner was brought that to life, in a, and years ago, Jack Link's jerky, and it's an American success and, story. And how do you spell that? L i n k s. L i n k s. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, but you can always listen to us as many times as you want on FishTalkRadio.com. Just go on and uh, just. Uh, it's real easy to find us. This show will be on the front page. And listen to us as much as you want in case you miss something. We'll be right back with The Grizz and with Jim. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. It's time to enjoy the biggest Southern California reservoir located in Hemet, just 90 minutes from Los Angeles and San Diego. Getting away from the summer heat, fall and winter bring ideal fishing weather. World-renowned for its black bass fishing, also home to the bluegill and red-ear sunfish, rainbow trout, and both blue and channel catfish. Bring your boat or rent one of ours. Tell them John Hennigan sent you and they'll give you a special gift on California parks. Visit dvmarina.com. That's dvmarina.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with Mike the Grizz and John Hennigan. Well, Jim, that was fantastic. You know, Outfitters, you're right. It is, uh, well, first of all, as you mentioned, it's not an additional cost. And why not to use one that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever? Uh, especially, you know, some of the, uh, who were we talking to the other day? I was talking about uh, trophy hunting. And this was not in Africa, uh, but some of the tags for some of these exotic people that are looking to fill out their, you know, their uh, uh, their bucket list to their Grand Slam, you know, you can pay as much as thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars for a hunt, and that's not even going to Africa. Oh yeah, that that you know, I just was telling Grizz we sold a hunt to Mongolia the other day for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So. Uh, hunting can be the least expensive sport if you just do it around home or, or you can take it to the sky's the limit. But yeah. there, I think there's really something for everybody in the world of hunting and fishing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we got uh, Grizz back on the line. We're trying to get his volume back up, and it's usually just the opposite with Grizz. He's got such a booming voice that he's usually overpowers. But uh, let's go ahead and bring back on. And Grizz, we were just talking, uh, you know, about the idea of an outfitter and using using a, uh, uh, a buffer that you don't have to pay for to make sure that you get your money's worth. And then also, Grizz, I think that uh, let's kind of finish up with that. And I'm anxious to hear about Africa. Yeah, Africa, John, is very important for me. Uh, I talked to uh, Jim about it, and I think it's something that most people don't realize that what hunt, hunting actually does for a country. Now, remember, Africa is a continent. Most people think of Africa as, that's Africa. No, it has many countries in it. And, uh, Jim, why don't you tell us what hunting does for for Africa, like Zimbabwe, and what has happened with Kenya, if you can? Yeah, well, that's, that's a, a great, great question to consider. You know, let's just look at two countries. We'll look at Tanzania and we'll look at Kenya. Kenya banned hunting. Sure, they have photo safaris, but those people, you know, don't really pay trophy fees. So what's happened in Kenya is we've seen the resources have no intrinsic value, the animals. So the game is being poached, and there's nobody to stop the poaching because there's no money to pay for that law enforcement. Over in Tanzania, there's incredible trophy fees on the animals, much of which goes to the local villagers and to the game wardens. In that case, the animals have intrinsic value and they're flourishing. So we see these countries that, like even South Africa, that had hardly any game when hunting started. They're they're into the you know millions of of animal population, not not a particular species, but the species in general. So I think if someone dug into it and even just Googled it, what does hunting bring for conservation? 
on the continent of Africa, they're going to find out that hunting brings an awful lot of money and awareness to, mm-hmm. you know, to the continent of Africa. Well, a quick question for you. You know, the indigenous that live in most of Alaska have very little food and very little money. And if they have an opportunity to take game to feed the family, uh, they're going to do it. And, of course, that's depleting the species. Well, well I don't, they're going to do it. I, I, I don't think that as a problem because families don't kill enough for consumption to do damage because it's been happening for 100 years. It's the ivory. It's the black market. It's the skins that are destroying the animal population. You take the natives out there. When I was in Kenya, I mean, there's small little groups of people out there, and they go shoot a gazelle, and they're going to eat a week from that gazelle. I mean, that's not going to hurt the animal life. But you take a guy out there killing all the elephants and cutting the tusk off and rhinos and, and all of the skins, there's where the problems. Them are poachers. Right. The snares are a big problem, too, now, Grizz. Uh, maybe when you were there, they weren't, but the snares put out by the poachers hmm. kill so many animals. And worse, they maim the animals. The animals maybe get away with a leg missing or it gets around their neck and they break off and then that thing grows in, into their, you know, their skin. So it, it's really a sad thing. If managed properly, hunting is a great conservation tool in Africa. And well, you're, you're mentioning some of the different countries. Which ones uh, have the problem and which ones are successful? Well, Kenya probably has the biggest problem, of course. You know, some of the, you know, warring countries like Somalia and, uh, you know, Chad, Nigeria, where there's, there's no game management because they can hardly get along with each other. Yeah. Uh, they're always fighting. Uh, so, you know, what I'd like to do is talk about who's doing it right. Yeah. And Uganda is a success story, and we are selling the heck out of these Uganda safaris because Uganda shut all hunting down, reevaluated all their concessions, the government got involved with the Game Scouts, the Game Scouts, and the Outfitters, and they really made a plan to harvest the game over there. The game is absolutely flourishing. When a hunter from the U.S. comes, he can't bring that game back. That game meat is going to the villagers. They're happy. They don't need to go out and set 500 snares anymore and waste you know, many animals. They're getting all the game meat brought to their doorstep. So they're happy. We're getting big trophy animals, ones that are old, not necessarily uh, breeding anymore. They're kind of just unreal guys like us three are getting to be. Kind of like Grizz, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of like Grizz. <laughs> and so there's, it's really an excellent model for what Africa can be. And so is Tanzania. The Namibian government, which is a that's a real great entry level place, John and Grizz, for people to go hunting uh, and real, you know, hunter friendly. Their government has taken a stance that they will support hunting. And what country is that? Namibia. Mm -hmm. Hmm. No, really? You know, uh, it's not only Africa, but it's everywhere. You know, in the East, 
Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. I remember, because I went to school in Kentucky, the college, and you never seen a deer. And with the conservation and the hunters buying license and everything, there's more deer now than ever. And also turkeys. There wasn't turkeys like in Indiana and Ohio, and now it's nothing to go out and see a hundred of them in a field. So everything depends on that hunting money. You got to remember, you know, you buy for a license, you buy a tag, you buy gasoline, you have a guide, you eat there, you sleep there, you use the airplane. Everything contributes to money. Right. And Griff, in our country, most people have never heard of a thing called the Pittman-Robertson Act. Mm. But all, all hunting products, handguns, ammunition, archery equipment, it has a mandated tax that's built into it. You know, it's not taxed at the cash register. It's an 11% excise tax. That doesn't go to the U.S. Treasury. That goes to our good Navy SEAL buddy that's now our Secretary of the Interior. It goes to that department. It's used for land management, game management, and it brings in more money than all of the hunting and fishing licenses combined. Most people have no idea. I don't pay any Pittman-Robertson excise tax on my camera equipment. You know, and the other thing is the conservation groups. I donate, my team and I donate an awful lot of money and trips to veterans, but we also help Ducks Unlimited. We help Rocky Mountain Elk, Delta Waterfall, Safari Club International, Ovis Grand Slam, Wild Sheep Foundation. All these groups are made up of men and women that most of them hunt, some don't, but they value these animals and they want to protect them. The greatest lover of animals I know are, are hunters and fishermen. We we enjoy them. We we put value on them. We want to keep them around. And and uh, most people that haven't seen that when they get involved with folks like us, they really get their eyes open. And I hope your listeners, most of them probably hunting fish if they're tuning into this station and this show, but they need to go research the Pittman Robertson Act so they have a little ammunition that they can bring to the table the next time they're sitting around having dinner and someone brings up how bad hunting is. Well, yeah, there is a lot of misconception. I've always believed that, you know, the front line of conservation has always been the, you know, the responsible hunters. And it's, it's, you don't deplete the species by doing things right. And, you, you know, you don't, uh, you don't shoot elephants, you don't shoot whales, and, you know, you don't kill marlin. And, you know, sportsmen understand that. So, and that's why they flourish. Well, right. anything that has value, you protect it. If a tarantula had value... The people wouldn't stomp it every time they seen. Grizz, I remember seeing a video of you eating a tarantula. No, I did not eat it. It climbed out of my mouth. Oh God! That was a Halloween where I put the cockroach oh, in my mouth and had the tarantulas. Yeah, yeah, I did right. that. It's a true story. Yeah. All right. Well, but we're, gonna, we're coming. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming at the end of this segment again. Uh, real quickly again, Jim, give us some quick information on getting in touch with you for if anybody's interested. But we've only got about thirty seconds. Yeah, best way to do it is go to our website, links l i n k s wild 
safaris.com. Sounds You'll good. Be able to look at what we do. Sounds good. And by the way, if someone wants to go uh, to your site, I imagine that you could probably fix them up with uh, Grizz or myself and do some Mexico or Alaska trips or, or whatever it is. We're going to have to get you down to Mexico so you can learn how to uh, learn what's there and how to sell it. Oh, he's coming down. Don't worry about that, John. Okay. All right. I fell in Baja, John. I fell in love with Baja this winter. Uh, All right. Well, we'll talk to you. All right. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com, and we'll be...